0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this weekend's edition of the Whitfield Report. How are you doing, folks? I'm your host, Sam Whitfield, and I'm recording this on Friday, but you'll hear this episode on Saturday. And uh, for this week's weekend podcast, my guest is Mr. Seth Ian who is a uh, populist, conservative, political commentator, much like I am. And he's a great guy. I met him five years ago online, back when uh, Turning Point USA was still a small organization. I was writing blogs for them at the time. I don't anymore, Um, obviously. He was doing some social media work, we uh, we got to know each other a little bit, lost touch, then reconnected last night, actually, on Thursday, and uh, I asked him to come on the podcast, and he was generous with his time, and we just finished recording a pretty solid hour of content. This episode will be covering uh, the caravan that's, uh, been in the news a lot lately kind of the ins and outs of that and then we'll also be discussing the uh, Laura Loomer controversy and the uh, continued censorship of conservatives by big tech companies and the intricacies surrounding that. It was a great episode and I'm really glad that Steph was able to go on the podcast uh, for those of you Who are wondering why there's no YouTube video show today? Um, My video uh, capture software did not record video. Seth uh, did not have his webcam on. I had mine on, but for some reason, um, it didn't capture my video either. So we just have the audio... Uh, for today, so it, it is an audio exclusive episode, technically, two in one week. How about that? Uh, it the show is still really good, and uh, I think you'll really like the conversation that Seth I had. So, uh, without further ado, let's uh, get to the interview with Mister Sethian. After a brief word about this week's sponsor. Hey, folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while, and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what, I could do this podcast thing. But where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, And I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing, and what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out, or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Alright folks, welcome to the Whitfield Report for this week. Uh, my guest is Seth Ian, who is a uh, political columnist and uh, political commentator. And he and I have uh, known each other on and off for about five years now or so. I, I think I uh, met him way back when online, uh, back when Turning Point USA uh, was still just starting out and he was doing media uh social media consulting for them and I was one of their columnists way back when and we've kind of kept uh in touch on and off and I got in contact with Seth the other day and just figured I I'd, I'd am on the show to talk about a few uh issues. So you can follow Seth uh on Twitter at Conservative 13 and you can follow his, uh, work on the, uh, is it the Right Online Network? Seth, am I getting that right? Um,
1: New Right Network,
0: is oh, called. the the New Right Network. Okay. Yeah, well, New Right Network. Well, Seth, NRJ. yeah. Well, it, well Seth, it's, it's, uh, it's great to have you on, and, uh, you know. Thank you. It's great so. to be here. So, uh... You know, I know you, I know your background uh fairly well, but just for the just for the audience, I always like to kind of ask my guests how they got started in the political arena.
1: Yeah, well, um so it's actually an interesting story. So I grew up uh I I was go- I was in middle school when 9/11 happened and I live in uh I live in in New York and uh, pretty much up until then i was pretty unaffiliated political wise i didn't have any strong uh inclinations one way or the other you know i was always always was very interested in politics since i was little followed uh the presidents and uh the presidential history but i didn't really have my opinions weren't so solidified but after 9/11 i began to see you know the um corrosion of uh you know liberal media and the uh unfortunately the the extreme political correctness to which we live in and the uh apologetics that were going on for um different you know evil ideologies which were which was posing a threat to america and so i just i was really inspired to become involved in politics and you know lend my voice to the conversation
0: so, th- so that's interesting. So, nine eleven was also the catalyst for you to get in- involved, um, which is fascinating because I, I mean I was a lot younger. I was only like in first grade, and yet you know I, I wouldn't really say that nine eleven really affected me to that point, but it certainly sparked my interest in current events from a, and, you know, history and politics from a very young age. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. So, so um, Seth, I know when you and I were talking about last night online, you, you said that you wanted to, uh, bring up the, the caravan thing, which, uh, you know, we haven't really had, had anyone on to talk about that yet. So I am, I am curious about the the caravan. We haven't covered that too much, but what's your whole take on that situation? what's going on and uh you know i I guess you know from what I've been reading over the last few weeks, it seems like you know the the judges some of these unruly judges are pretty much throwing out you know trump's uh you know they're they're violently disregarding trump's executive orders for uh you know to keep the the border secure which they've they've been doing for a long time granted but specifically in regards to this caravan
1: it's really become a big deal oh absolutely yeah no i, I totally agree i mean we've seen since the trump presidency began the power of the of the courts really to in this case, usurp the will of the American people because it's, it's been a rogue court, you know, um, especially, uh, uh, you know, in in recent days. First, beginning with the travel ban, the way they totally usurp the will of the American people who voted for President Trump, knowing that um, that was an idea that he had about the travel ban to keep Americans safer, But now we see with the caravan as well, yeah, his ability to enforce the law like is being infringed upon by unelected judges, you know, who basically, you know, are are um, using their power to 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 prevent the, um, you know, pretty much the the implementation of the president's agenda, which which he was elected upon and which is, is wildly popular.
0: Do you think that uh, do you, do you think that there is inherent danger in this caravan in in regards to criminal
1: activity? Absolutely. I mean, what we've seen is we. It's mostly. I mean, we you hear in the in the liberal media a lot of times they try to make it a humanitarian issue, but it's right. Yeah. But you know it's really much more complicated than that because we see, we see it's a mass migration. It's like it's it's like an onslaught, like an invasion, and they seem to be having no regard for American laws and you know the the process by which we we go about this in this country. And um, if it's what's interesting is I don't know if you've seen even videos in Mexico itself um, the Mexican population is, is it their self? They they're outraged about these um, Central American migrants coming from Honduras and El Salvador and just like overloading the place, like, and just acting lawlessly. Like it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an overload. It's a, it's, it's something that, that we're really, it's not, you know, not meant to happen. It's not. It's not. Not the way the American immigration system is supposed to work, and it, you know, I, it's definitely. It's a very, very concerning uh, phenomenon.
0: Yeah. Well, and what, what's interesting to me is I I forget who the mayor was specifically, but I I know that one of the mayors of one of those uh, big uh, population centers in Mexico actually. Came out and said, "I never thought I would say this, but Trump is exactly right on uh, immigration." It seemed like this kind of yeah changed his tune. Which you know, I mean, I would say, I would say, good for him. But let's just, let's just hope it's not too too late. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. And this this goes back to what you were saying earlier, because you and I both... Uh, I mean, one, one thing I've noticed for year, years and years and years, even before Trump kind of came on, onto the scene, uh, I was shouting that, you know, CNN is fake news before Trump was even on the scene. Uh, yeah. You know, and... Yeah. I think in regards to the mainstream media whenever whenever there's a big migrant uh influx whether it be in europe in regards to all the uh radical muslims or here in regards to all the you know drug drug cartels you know and what not they always they always use these uh they always frame these mass immigration things as oh it's it's all women and children and just you know working struggling working class families who simply want to cross the border to you know to make a better life and that may be true for a certain percentage of the population i'm not discounting that but they've they've shown st- statistics repeatedly throughout the years that the vast majority of these migrants are eighteen to twenty-five year old men uh, who have gang affiliations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that seems to be the, the theme. They they continually say that it's uh, they mention the women and children, but then then you see it's mostly uh, mostly young men, and in this case, a lot of them just surf kind of looking for jobs and stuff, which is understandable, but that's definitely not the typical uh, asylum story in America. Like that's not, we're not a, you know, there's plenty of Americans that are looking for jobs. and
0: Right. You know. I don't even have so much a problem with the ones that are just looking for jobs. If they're, if they're trying to be honest, I mean, I, I do in the sense that they should be doing it lately. I don't mind that as much as, you know there is the fact the thing that always gets me is the fact that Mexico is basically emptying out their prisons, yeah, and letting the letting those people exactly uh, cruz because you know uh, the 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 people who are honestly coming over I I know that they'll they'll eventually try and find a way to em Im- to immigrate legally but the but the, the drug cartels and the you know and the, the MS thirteen freaks, no, they just wanna go wherever they can cause mass chaos.
1: Oh, for sure. And, I mean I live I live in New York and uh, Suffolk County and Long Island is it has been infested with uh, MS thirteen. It's really scary. Like, you know, certain neighborhoods were just full of it, you know, full of MS thirteen and with all credit to the president, you know, it's uh, since he became president. I, I, you know, I've heard that it's become a little bit, or you know, significantly better. You know, they like he said, he's liber- they're liberating towns literally that were under MS-13 rule, and it was. And this is a brutal group of people. I mean, this is a, a brutal gangs, and uh, you know, it's, it's really uh, Central American governments in Mexico. You know, they really. Need to be uh, not 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 uh, not encouraging them to come into this country or and and bringing that with them because that's just you know a real danger to the population.
0: Yeah, well they're well they're psychos for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Know?
1: Um,
0: Absolutely. I I I, w- I will say this. You know, all all jokes all jokes aside, I I will I will kind of say I, I am a little surprised that MS thirteen. Is in New York, especially in that kind of upper area, because I would think that the winters in New York would be a bit too brutal for for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, you would think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. So, so,
0: yeah. You, so you know when you when you said that, I did kind of raise my eyebrow slightly, but um. Yeah. You know, all all jokes aside, that the caravan suddenly is still, uh, you know, it's the continue on un- the continue undermining of uh, Trump's, you know, border security policy is just it's it's really maddening, and I I I've, and I feel like a lot of these judges are doing it simply because it's Trump and because they want to send the biggest, uh, you know, fuck you that they can to... Th- this is all politically motivated, which, you know, for, for judges, I mean, that that's that's dangerous when your ruling is, you know, purely motivated by stopping a guy who you dislike instead of looking at things in a in an objective light, which
1: is what judges are supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean if you look at um you know it's 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 something the judges and even some of the Democrat politicians, not the not the extreme leftist radicals that are coming up now, but the traditional Democrat part politicians They were saying things that sounded remotely like what President Trump was saying many, many years ago. But now that he's president, all of a sudden, everybody, since he's president, just to spite him, you know, it seems like some of these judges and even some of these old Democrat politicians who used to say, you know, we need that border security. We need to have, you know, a nation of borders, a nation of laws. All of a sudden, now now they're they're against that because since they don't like the the person that's <laughs> occupying the, the the office of the White House, and you know it's kind of sad that they would put uh you know their petty you know partisan politics before the security and the sovereignty of uh, of the United States. It's sad, but at this
0: point, I'm not really I'm not really surprised by any of it either. I mean, the left. The left has become so unhinged, and really, the last—I would say, even before Trump became president—they were—they were becoming particularly unhinged all the way back in 2012, um, around around the time I first came came in contact with you. Uh, you know, even it's it's continually amusing to me how they keep complaining about how terrible America is and yet they basically had complete power for the last 8 to 10 years uh under Obama
1: absolutely yeah, no, it, it's it's really true. It's you know they had the, they had the power and they still still complain about it. They still don't, uh, you know, like you said, it's, some of them become so unhinged on the left that I think, you know, and I, I wouldn't say this about old, old Democrats, of course, but like the far left, you know, I, I just it just seems like they don't like America that they just they just really are um you know they they they, they oppose the, like everything about this country you know their 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 goal is to like to remake america in a in a different image and you know that's 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 what it seems like you know and and like you said it's been like that even before trump, but under the you know since president trump has been elected it's just they've just gone full full force full fully unhinged yeah well i'm i'm not
0: I'm not too big into conspiracy theories myself, but I certainly do believe that that George Soros is, you know, a big player in a lot of this. And I, I you know, he, I mean, he's a, he's a globalist, definitely. And he, you know, and and not in the not in the sense of, you know, not in the good sense of wanting to build like an international. Economy or whatnot, you know, he yeah. wants, he wants a one-world centralized government, and you know, America is has been in his way of that for the last seventy years. Um, Absolutely, you know, and so all these, I don't want to say he's single-handedly responsible, but he's certainly responsible for a lot of this organized chaos uh, that we see among the left you know with uh, with groups like Antifa that have been funded you know through different shell companies linking back to his overarching group and uh, you know there' certainly there certainly is a deep state now. Absolutely So um, Speaking of You know Controversies and whatnot We were We began to talk about this a little bit last night too I'm 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 pre-recording this on Friday This will air on Saturday But uh, Thursday night News broke that I can sort of Journalist Slash activist Whatever you want to call her uh, That Laura Loomer Was uh, Arrested outside Twitter headquarters After she chained herself To a um, Stop sign And Was protesting uh, The fact that she was Permanently banned from Twitter Now I'm Seth I'm I'm curious, what what do you think of um, this, and what what do you think of? Do you have an opinion of Laura Loomer in general? Have you have you met her? Have
1: you had any contact with her, or anything so, like, like that?
0: Yeah,
1: I, I've never met her, but um, I'm I'm impressed in the sense that she has that like Breitbart type um, mentality in terms of in, in terms of confronting the left and not being afraid to not being afraid to sometimes use their tactics in order to, um, you know, kind of to, in order to, in, to, to, to kind of prove the, the point. And, um, especially, and like when you mentioned globalists, the, the globalists at in big tech companies right now, it's a very big problem. They're, they're definitely trying to censor, conservative or right-wing voices i mean they banned alex jones and they banned i I think his name was jesse kelly he he was uh, i think he served in the u.s army and he was he was a conservative they banned him now now he's been unbanned and then then they banned laura loomer and it just seems to be a pattern that big tech companies both twitter and facebook are you know feel that they you know, have free reign to just kind of inhinge hinge upon the the rights of conservatives and libertarians and uh, you know so I think you know what she, she kind of made a drastic move in, and it really uh, it, it, it sent you know uh, it's it sent a very strong message you know like I, I think it, it she, she she showed that um, you know she drew attention to the to the fact that people are being silenced for their opinions. And this is American, you know, you may not agree with everyone's opinion. Like, you know, certain people may have more conspiratorial um, bent and maybe you might think it's a little, a little bit out there, but at the same time they're Americans and that's one of the great things about this country is we should, we shouldn't be censored. We should be able to say what we truly believe. Well,
0: I mean, Okay, so I have a few mixed emotions about this whole Laura Loomer thing. Because I agree with you for the most part that Twitter and Facebook are out of control. And by the way, there are a few liberals I know who have gotten uh, censored too on uh, Twitter
1: Really, that's interesting. It,
0: it's it's very interesting because they're they're and they're they're liberal slash left, but they're also kind of anti. They're anti. They're more like anti. Uh, you know, special interest and anti military industrial complex. So they were speaking out against, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton and saying that she's. Got to go, and they they got banned, and wow. uh, you know, one of them, I I think Caitlyn, uh, Johnson, she's pretty outspoken on the left, and I don't agree with much right. of what she says, but she basically got banned uh, from Twitter and from Medium, which is kind of I guess it's not a Twitter company, but it's uh, it's it was started by uh of William Williams. I believe she got deplatformed on there for a short time because she wrote a a pretty brutal column about uh John McCain and how you know how he was the king of uh drone strikes and unmanned right. you know, warfare. And uh Yeah, you know my and so, you know, McCain's definitely not conservative by any search right. of the imagination, but he's... Definitely. He's part... He was definitely a part of the establishment, and yeah. so, uh, you know, as someone... Uh, someone pointed out to me that it, it's not just conservative, really, but it's anyone who is really anti-establishment, uh, quote-unquote, yeah. quote that, that is getting banned from Twitter now. In regards to what Laura did, I agree with you that uh, in terms of in terms of uh, you know, what she's trying to do, she seems to be very bright esque in terms of personality and um, you know, style and theatrics, which is what I really like. Um, I've I know some people who know. I know I know people who know her personally. I've connected with her on Facebook maybe a couple of times, and oh. uh, I wanted I do want to try and get her on this podcast. Uh, from my personal experience, she. From the brief uh, interactions I've had with her, she's a very uh, you know cordial person. Seems to be, you know, very down to earth, you know, for the most part. When when she's on the war path, you know, she's on the war path. But you know, I, I like I like her personally. Where where I will disagree with her a bit are sometimes the execution of her tactics, and I I do feel sometimes that she takes theatrics a bit far. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, last night, for example. Uh, She was... When she handcuffed herself, like, I can kind of understand that. But then she also was... Virtue signaling and saying that, you know, because she's Jewish... Twitter is censoring Jews. And she kind of went for that. She went for that. I understand what what she was doing, but I don't really... I, I kind of had to cringe at that a bit because that's you know that's lot li- that's lib style virtue signaling. And I, I understand, you know, the concept of using the the left's playbook against them, but yeah. that but that's one part where I don't feel like where that really doesn't add anything because, you know, conservatives we're always we're always speaking out against virtue signalling. Exactly. And then and then for one of us to you know yeah. go and do the same thing exactly you know and she she did, she did the same thing with the when she got arrested for the Julius Caesar you know play a play a few year a few years back so i mean so i, I like her i just don't like the uh, the whole that she tends to virtue signal a lot as part of her tactics so yeah
1: I also I mean I I'll say in in all honesty I, d- I didn't think it was completely appropriate for her to wear a yellow Jewish star cuz that was kind of like yeah. what they wore in the holocaust like I don't think you could really compare being censored on Twitter to you know the holocaust and also you know I, I don't you know she was she was criticized for crit- for for critiquing Islam and and someone you know who is running and as a, a political candidate, a Muslim political candidate, but I, I don't think that had anything to do really with the fact that she was Jewish. So I don't I don't think bringing that into the equation was was necessary. You know?
0: Right. Well, it, it's just you know she makes a lot of valid points, but then you know people can point to this, you know t- to these stunts that she does. And um, you know, i I think it does damage her somewhat and um you know it's it's just and I and believe me i I I know that there are people who are going to hear this and they're going to be like, well, Sam, you know what are what are you uh talking about you know i'm I'm going to get some people who. Are 100 percent, you know, in Laura's corner who love everything she does, and I'm willing to get to get some people who hey, My 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 audience when it comes to Laura Loomer is split 50 50. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed, which is, you know that that's great. That's what that's what this whole podcast medium is. Yeah, uh, kind of for, but I mean. So it's it's in it's interesting. I, I, I certainly think that. Um, I mean, I I guess my thing is, I don't really see how her whole pro- protest is helping. Um, essentially, that would be like, that would be my one question and kind. My one critique is, I don't really see, other than causing a big. Uh, you know, me as someone and other than ironically becoming the number one trending store on Twitter, I don't really see, you know, how doing that exact action of accusing Jack of being an anti-Semite, I don't see how that helps us, necessarily.
1: So, so I, I I hear that perspective, but I do think, you know, it's important that someone you know, I think the the maybe the the message I don't agree with a hundred percent, but the the point to big tech, loud and clear. You know, which she took a stand for, which a lot of people, you know, don't actually do anything about. You know, I guess. So for for me, I, I, that was something I thought that was courageous in the sense that she, um, you know, pushed back against against big tech and like wasn't afraid to. You know, uh, even if it, you know, and, and to to cause publicity in in that direction, you know, maybe if it, even if it'll awaken some people, because really she felt. Um, I, th- I think she she said she was barred for criticizing, um, you know, some some of the Muslim positions. Of a candidate that had just won Elon Omar or something, Ilan Omar. I'm not sure it's a, an Islamic name. But it's from uh, Somalia or something. Um, but it's, it's, so you know, it just it, it's good to bring. You know, from my perspective, I, I just think it was it's good it, it was good that she did something to bring attention to the to the critis- to the censorship of criticism of Islam or. Things that are not politically correct on social media, and and the and just the, the really the monopoly that big tech, you know, big tech has. So, it you know she, she did her thing, and you know I just I think it's it's better than than uh, not doing not doing anything and just allowing them to continue to censor and and shut down people that they have uh, differing viewpoints of.
0: Oh yeah, I'm 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 definitely not saying that we should leave them alone and continue to censor them. I, I certainly uh, you know I, I certainly I certainly applaud, you know, her her actions of doing a, a protest. It's just more of the specifics of how she went about it that, you know, I'm I'm critiquing. Well well, you know, the other thing is Steven Crowder, when he got banned off of Twitter and then you know restored uh, this year. I mean, he he was he was threatening to sue Twitter, um, yeah. and I know that I know that Milo and uh, Roger Stone are both in are both either starting or are going to be starting lawsuits against Twitter soon, and I wow. I think. I think I think Gavin McGinnis might be, you know, joining it, joining wow. in on that. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, some of these more liberal voices like Caitlin Johnstone, like I mentioned, yeah. you know, do join in because it is, it is a very big problem. Now, one thing I want to ask you, because I know that you have, you know, social media background and whatnot. Um, yeah what do you think of this whole what do you think should be done with with Twitter and big tank do you think do you think it should be regulated or more like more like utility I mean I'm I'm pretty free market but in my case I mean I I, I definitely understand the argument for at least breaking up the the monopoly of
1: big tech. Yeah. I I think I think it's actually very important that uh you know as I have mentioned in the past I'm I'm more populist leaning so I yeah, you know still like, am I. Yeah. So like the president and and Steve Bannon and others and you know Stephen Miller and so I, I take that more uh approach that um you know i feel i feel it's important that um you know it's great you know free market but if if people are being deplatformed and you know certain and and there's a monopoly in in big tech and you know which are which are globalists clearly you know they're, they're all they're all globalists the whole like the big tech industry you know then i i think it's important that uh I think it's important that that monopoly is broken up, you know, it's it's kind of like uh you know it's 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 it's, imp- it's important that, that, that there there ha- there has to be some regulation to um to break up that monopoly that they have in order to allow free speech to function because we really it's really a a conflict you know and i hate to use the word conflict but it's really the 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 dividing line at this point has become between um globalists and you know internationalists you know even because um like you know that's libertarians classical liberals and conservatives and then you have the and then you have the globalists who are you know internationalists and they and they really have a hold on big on big tech, so I I, I would I would be of the opinion that it needs to be broken up the uh the monopolies.
0: Yeah, and and I mean just just so we're clear, I mean, because I'm a you know, I'm I'm kind of a, a populist too, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean you're against uh international uh you know, trade in the sense that it's done Fairly right, you. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, you're just not for the establishment yeah. of, a, of a total. Yeah, that that's kind of how that's kind of how I, how I explain it. And then you know, populist gets lumped in with alt right. You know, neo Nazi a lot too, which <laughs> is, you know, the other thing that is not not true. No, yeah. ma- no matter, no. no matter, how much Rich, Richard Spencer would like that to be the case. So.
1: Right. It's just not, yeah, it's it's just it's totally different. You know, American nationalism is love of country is is it's a, it's, a, it's a nationalism of uh economic nationalism when I'm not, I'm not talking uh you know, identitarianism that's a, it's a very different uh
0: right yeah or oh, yeah or or eth or ethnoism. So, yeah.
1: Um. exactly. And that's that's something liberals deliberately like to distort because they want to paint any nationalist and anyone, you know, the president's supporters as all oh, a bunch of bigots and, you know, oh we uh, hate everybody, you know. But that's not just not the case. And
0: well, well, I've noticed that like they'll, the interesting thing is they'll ban Milo. They'll ban yeah. they'll ban Laura Loomer. They'll ban Crowder. At one point, I think they even banned Ben,
1: Shap- ben Shapiro, if, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, I know he's censored at a lot of universities. They'll they'll, yeah. ba-
0: they'll ban all of these figures who are not alt right, claiming that they're alt right. Yeah. But Richard Spencer, I mean, I think the only thing that happened to him was he got his blue check mark taken away. Yeah. Which you know, big whoop. It's, you know, yeah. not that many people put that much stock in being verified anymore. So it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, okay, but then, but then the media also, every time I read like a, like a, like a profile on, on, on Richard Spencer, it's like, he's a Nazi, but he's also like extremely well-dressed and very charismatic. Like they'll they'll go through this they'll go through this thing where like so you know it's the, it's the whole thing where they'll keep the worst of the worst around yeah and almost give them free publicity almost yeah
1: you know so even they even moved on Twitter yeah and and so is uh, David Duke I think oh yeah oh yeah 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 the the
0: the Duke is. Not nothing has happened to his Twitter. I I don't I don't think I I don't think he ever got verified to begin with. But I've never I've never seen him, you know, threatening to. You know, get banned. Well, you know the the other the other thing too is people are people are like well you know the the people are free market absolutists are always like well what about alternatives to to Twitter. If you don't like Twitter, just create your own. And we've seen... I will say this, I've seen some good attempts, but, like, the problem with sites like Gab is that they do tend to attract, uh, you know, far, far-right, neo-Nazi-type figures and uh, because they're constantly, because they're not, because they're kind of independent, they're also highly susceptible to, uh, you know, DDoS and other types of online attacks fairly often, um, you know, so it goes back to your whole whole thing of monopolies, you know, Twitter kind of has a monopoly on I, I don't know microblogging is what there is what Twitter is kind of in the, in the domain of, and there's there's not really um, a fair advantage for communication companies to to participate in so
1: yeah, no that's uh, it's definitely definitely the case. yeah it's, it's definitely uh, definitely a monopoly. You know, t- Twitter is definitely uh, definitely a monopoly, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and and I mean, and I mean, fa- Facebook Facebook too is is another problem. Well, well you know, F- Facebook Facebook, you know, everything aside mm-hmm. of how they send to people, their 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 apps and their their whole system is just horrible. Half the time, it doesn't even work.
1: No, right? exactly. Right?
0: So. They have a whole. They have a whole bunch of problems, you know. And, and I, I will say this: the one thing that is good about the free market and the stock market is, uh, you know, certainly with uh, big tech and specifically with uh, Facebook and Twitter, you certainly see these flaws re- reflected in their stock prices. Consistently, they they keep they keep fluctuating. Um, you know, every time it's like every time their stock goes up they decide to do something stupid like this like yeah. you know banning the moral and it, go, it goes right back down so yeah. I, I will say that that is kind of one of the the, uh, the, the great I guess beauties of, of the free of you know completely free market but yeah. um, you know I, I, they still have a non- monopoly and it's not enough so,
1: yeah do you, Do you believe the uh, monopolies sh- like should be broken up? Or is that is that your opinion? Or...
0: I so my whole thing on so my whole thing on big tech is unique per se. Al, Alex Jones was I actually would say after giving this it some thought where. I can kind of understand the ra- the rationalization for banning Alex Jones because specifically re- related to Apple. And yes, I am I am an Apple fanboy, but yeah. even so Alex Jones was saying some crazy shit about Tim Cook selling us out to the he was essentially accusing Tim Cook, the current CEO of Apple, of being a traitor to the Sorry. to the to the to the United States, saying that because Apple has factories in you know Foxconn, that you know he's some how he's somehow like allying himself to you know to bring the Chinese government in and like overthrow. Trump and the U.S. government, and something crazy like that. Whereas, if if you actually look at Tim Cook, he, um... Tim Cook actually got put on blast by the left back in 2016 because he, um... he's contributed to both Republican and Democrat campaigns. I mean... He's certainly more liberal on social issues, but he seems to be more... He, he seems to be more economically like, somebody he, He's a libertarian, basically. Mm. And, um... You know, I'm not saying he's... I'm not saying he's, he's perfect. I'm not saying any of us are. Economic. Right. But I... My my problem with Alex Jones, and I think the reason why people were kind of, like, sick of him is just because he was saying stuff like, you know... It, it, basically kind of the whole meme with Alex Jones is anyone who I don't like or or who has a problem with must automatically be with the New world order and must you know and must be planning to like overthrow the government. I mean Alex Jones is hilarious for memes and and whatnot but what but let's be on let's be honest we we can't really really take him seriously so you know, Salex so Jones is an extreme case where, like, clearly he violated a lot of the terms of service and it wasn't ambiguous at all. Um mm-hmm. then but then there were some but then there are other cases where it's like, you know, with 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 Stephen Proud or or, or you know or you know, Laura Loomer. Loomer was just making like a a well known a pretty common known fact out you know Muslims yeah. and, and Jews she was saying a fact and yeah, she, and she got banned uh, you know right. how did she violate the terms of service right like, that's where it gets more ambiguous
1: yeah. so I, yeah, and it's just i think I think it's a precedent I think once you know once they start um deciding. You know, like if it, once they start deciding certain opinions aren't acceptable and that they have to ban them, you know, like they may decide that a lot of conservatives or a lot of right-leaning people are, you know, fall under that category. So I think that was that was a concern. I think right, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I, I, mean, I, I, certainly understand that. I, I, certainly understand that that slippery slope argument with Alex Jones. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not saying that he necessarily, necessarily should have been banned. But I'm saying I understand the I understand the case for him being banned more so than I do for some of the some of the others. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, like like if if I were if I were running these tech companies, at the very least with some of these more controversial figures, I would I would certainly allow them to have a platform, but I would also like maybe just put, have them put, like, a disclaimer, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, you know, or, like, have something to say, you know, this profile, you know, maybe controversial or, you know, like, viewer discretion advised. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, some people wouldn't say that that's censorship. I, I don't think, I don't think that's censorship. No. So, I, but, yeah, I mean, if, if I were running Twitter, that's certainly what I would do.
1: Right. So. Oh. And also, just the other the other aspect that that was a little was more than a little hypocritical on the part of Twitter. I believe I'm like ninety nine percent sure that Louis Farrakhan still has a Twitter account, and he said things that were that that are right, right. So yeah. Editorial, so anti-Semitic, so anti-white, anti-American. You know, like
0: so, right. I. I I think with Twitter specifically, I don't see this happen as much on on Facebook, mm-hmm. but be, but this is one advantage Facebook has going for it, which is the fact that you can that they don't really limit your characters, so if you want to express something like long form, you can. Right. Twitter, even with the one hundred and forty, even with like the the character increase to like two hundred and forty it's still not a good place to try and have like a conversation about anything substance, (laughs) substantive, what, whatsoever. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be political in nature. You can be like tweeting out star Wars or something and people are going to gut, are going to just get in there and and start an argument because, (laughs) you know, it's, Twitter is basically the worst. I mean, Twitter. So basically, I mean, when I started using Twitter, I used it to pretty much promote my podcast and promote some of my writing, and that and that was it. And I think, you know, I think when I found you, you were kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you could communicate, but you know now that people kind of use it as kind of like a basically a giant chat room right it 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 does get to be pretty bad sometimes so yeah yeah it could so,
1: be very personal and a, a personal attacks and yeah sometimes very uh and yeah. so right ra- and so rather than
0: I think rather than you know rather than banning certain people and kind of plugging the bandit you know kind of plugging the wound wound I think maybe. Twitter needs to look at their overall system and their overall design. I think they have made some improvements for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: but I I definitely think they could that they could make some others. So um I I definitely think I definitely think Jack needs to go. Um and I don't just say that as a conservative, but Yeah. The guy has so many businesses, he runs Twitter and then he also runs he also runs like Square, which that which is like the e-commerce thing and oh, whatnot. I was so yeah, yeah. He has he has like yeah. He, I I mean I don't you know I I don't like the guy for his political opinions. But I I will say that like I do some, I do sympathize with him kind of in the sense that like I think because he's running like three companies, he has way too much on his plate. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know, but yeah, big tech is definitely an issue that we'll need to keep an eye on for sure. So yeah,
1: for sure, definitely.
0: alrighty Seth. Well, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and uh, you know, thank real quick, uh, I I know I plugged in the beginning, but if there's anything that you would like to uh, plug or anything like that, I know you have a couple columns, so if, you know, if you could just kind of tell the audience where people can find you and reach you. If you would, you know, if they'd like to feel free
1: to, uh, go
0: ahead. So, yeah. And plug yourself. Um,
1: Yeah. My Twitter is, um, uh, conservative zero one three. And, uh, I write a lot for the, the new right network. It's, it's starting up now. It's a, it's a very exciting, uh, new website that's, that's starting up. And, uh, uh, it's uh it's a populist type of uh website and community and so i just wanted to give them a plug and uh yeah my t- Twitter is conservative zero one three and you can find me on facebook at seth ian and so,
0: uh with with that new right network is that new dot right com or how can we how can
1: we find them yeah so um it it's uh it's actually uh New New Right Network. Yeah, dot com. That's it's New Right dot com, exactly.
0: Okay, are 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 they up yet or uh you know or are they getting ready to launch?
1: Yeah, no, they, they're they're up. They're they're up and they're expanding. Like they're really they're they're really going from you know, they're they're uh constantly expanding. It's really uh up you know starting starting up you know it's really uh where they have a podcast articles and a lot of different uh information and um you know and it's it's exciting because it's 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 kind of more more beginning stages but it's uh it's really advancing very quickly so Hmm. uh, it's an it's an exciting uh platform
0: yeah, yeah and, and you're getting in on the ground floor, so that's great. That's great. So yeah, alrighty, yeah. alrighty, Seth. Well, you know, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really pre- appreciate it.
1: And thank you uh, so much. It was great speaking with you. I, yeah,
0: I'd love to have you back back on. If you know, yeah, if you have any topics you want to cover, feel free to sure. reach out and you know, any, yeah, anytime, yeah. man. Just let me know, and I'll schedule you in when I when
1: I have an open. Yeah, that would be awesome. Guess fun. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You you too. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
0: Alrighty, folks, and that will indeed do it for tonight's uh, episode of the podcast. I want to thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the show wherever you may be in the past present future hour don't forget to follow me on twitter at somebody underscore ndc and uh instagram at samw underscore ndc. you can like the page on facebook at facebook.com forward slash whitfield report the com is my my web address and uh Thank you for supporting the show and thank you for sharing with your family and friends. And happy December, folks. It's almost the end of the year. And uh, as usual, I am going to take a hiatus uh, more towards the middle of December uh, until 2019. But don't worry, we still have a few episodes left. So, uh, you know, hiatus time isn't yeah, but it is approaching. But uh, I'll have more details on that in the coming weeks. Anyway, folks, I want to thank you for listening very much. And God bless and God save this great nation.